Father, we thank you, Lord, for these few moments, this time in the Word. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. And just thank you, Lord, that our ears are open, our eyes are open, we're awake, we're alert, excited, Father, about the Word of God and what you're doing in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. It's kind of our foundational verse for this year. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. I'm reading it out of the Amplified this morning. It says, recalling unceasingly before our God and Father your work energized by faith, and we spent a couple of Sundays talking about that, your service motivated by love and your unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And I just felt for 2022 that this was a verse for our church, that we are a church that uh, our work is being energized, that our faith, we're being energized by what we're doing. We're doing acts of faith. And what's an act of faith? An act of faith is something that God gives to us that we can do. Amen? So what we're doing is for our work to be energized by faith. If you are serving in the children's department, you need faith. Amen? You need faith to go back there. You don't just want to go back there alone. I've tried it. They'll get you. No, no. You want to have some faith. When you go back there, when we do outreaches, we want to do outreaches not because we have to do them. We want to do outreaches because we want to do them, because it's in our hearts, because that's who God is. Amen? But really what I want to talk about this morning is that this church that Paul was talking about in Thessalonians was memorialized because of their service motivated by love. And that word love, my goodness, we could talk about it until Jesus comes and we would never really grasp the depth of that love. And first and foremost, what we have to recognize and understand is his great love for us. Our great, his great, great love for us. What's the most famous scripture in the Bible? It's at every football game. It's held up on every sign. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. He gave. He gave. He gave. God so loved the world. God's first act towards each and every one of us is love. It's always love. And so if you'll read in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate and courteous and tender-hearted and humble. One of the characteristics that Peter was trying to show us of his church, and this is really what I'm talking about, this is service motivated by love. Another word we can call it is compassion. Compassion. We are supposed to be known by our compassion, our compassion for each other and our compassion for this world. It's a compassion that actually takes love and puts hands and feet to it and does something about it. Compassion. Amen? There's a ministry, Compassion International. Amen? That goes in and does feedings and stuff and goes into third world countries and does all kinds of amazing things. But one of the earmarks of this church in Thessalonians was that it was a church filled with compassionate people. 
Now, this is a group of people that had such a revelation of God and their, his love for them, but they could not help but want to express that same love to others. That's supposed to be us, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you bounce out of bed every morning and say, man, I feel compassionate today. I'm looking for a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. I'm thinking about me. Amen. But this thing called compassion, I have good news Great news. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a story. A pastor got up one morning and they were doing their building program and he came up to the congregation and he says, I have good news and I have bad news. And he said, first, the good news is, is we have all the money for the building project. The crowd goes crazy. Praise God. He said, the bad news is, is the money is still in your pockets. I have good news and bad news about compassion. You want the good news? We've all got it. We all got it when we got saved, when love came into our lives. Guess what? The fruit of the Spirit, we got love. The bad news is, is it still in our pockets? As we took that love and we held on to it, but that love, that fruit of the Spirit, fruit is not for me. Fruit is for you. When I'm developing the fruit of the Spirit, it's not so that I'll eat of it. When I develop the fruit of the Spirit, it's so that you will eat of it. And I'm so glad that I don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. That the minute that I got born again, before I ever got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I got access to the fruit. How many of you, when you remember when you first got saved, you fell in love for the first time? Do you remember that feeling? Do you remember what it was like when all of a sudden you felt a love, a love that you had never experienced, an unconditional love, a love that said everything's going to be okay? That's the love that God has. That's the compassion that we're supposed to have as a church. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to just get up and just go do everything just to do something. No, we have to use our faith and we have to be spirit-led. But I can be compassionate in every day of my life. Well, how? I can be kind to the people that wait on me. Do you know that when we walked into Kroger's last week, we go shopping on Sunday nights at Kroger's, one of the checkout guys walked over to my family and said, you're my favorite family that ever comes in here because I know his name. Because every time that I'm in there, I've never preached to him. I'm in workout clothes. He doesn't know who I am or what I do. But every time we're in there, I stop, I take two or three minutes, and I talk to all the people that work there and ask them how they're doing. Now, hands weren't laid on them. I didn't prophesy over them. I didn't ask them for a deal. But I took 20 seconds and just let somebody talk. That's compassion. See, we can have compassion wherever we go if we'll just take time. The worst thing we can do as a Christian is be that one in line that's screaming and yelling at somebody across the counter because we didn't get what we wanted. That is the worst possible witness that we could ever have, Karen. Say, no Karen's here. There's a Karen, but there's not a Karen, right? We can show compassion in every part of our lives. And guess what? It's free. It's a buffet. It's all you can eat. Do you know that's what it says after the end of all the fruit of the Spirit? And against such, there is no law. You can go 100 million miles. Who likes to go fast? Anybody like to drive fast? 
the teenagers all raised their hands. No, that's wrong. You want to go fast, go fast in love. You can go as fast as you want. You can give out as much as you want. Self-control, look at it like chocolate ice cream. Eat it until you can't eat it anymore. That's an oxymoron, I know. But this thing called compassion, it's inside each and every one of us. And we have the ability to love somebody everywhere we go, no matter what time of the day it is. We have that in us, it's in us to say thank you and please and how can I help you? And sometimes when we look at compassion, we think, well, how am I gonna take a person and totally provide for them and, and do all those things? And there's, an, there's, a, there's a portion of that I understand, but compassion starts with us each and every day outside of this church being Christ to somebody and loving somebody unconditionally. Amen? Don't let your heart get hard. I'm a, I'm a pro at hard-heartedness. I'm a pro at it. I, I've been, I had a hard heart from a very young age. I refused to let anybody in. I refused. You were not going to touch me. You weren't going to hurt me. That doesn't work with compassion. Compassion is, is you have to let people in because that's the only way that you can really love them. Amen? You got to love them out of that. Don't stop people from loving you. So, that word compassion means tender-hearted. It means merciful. This is so cool. The early people thought compassion, it was so powerful, it was in your bowels. That's what they thought of the seat of all your emotion was, was in your bowels. Which basically means it was compassion was living with guts. You want to live with guts? You want to have a lot of guts? Be compassionate. Remember when you were a kid and you'd do a bunch of stupid things and they'd say, that took guts for you to do that. It takes guts to walk with compassion. It really does. You want to see guts? Listen to me. I don't take away from anything anybody's ever done as, a, as an act of heroism. But which is, which is more heroic? To throw yourself on a grenade and save a company of men or to get up every single day? and go to the same job and stay with the same wife and the same kids and operate in compassion every single day. That's a hero to me. Amen? Amen? To walk in compassion every single day. That's what a hero is. That takes guts. Amen? It takes guts. Compassion is stronger and deeper than sympathy. It doesn't just feel bad when it sees the helpless, it moves to aid it. Let's look at Psalms 145, verses 8 and 9, because if God is expecting us to be compassionate, it's because he first was compassionate. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. Say amen when you get there. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. The Lord, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead, but I don't think you mind. Religion has let us paint this picture of this all-powerful God. He is all-powerful. He is the creator. He is big. He is, he is the, this magnificent, um, giant, creative being. 
But you know, the Bible doesn't say that about God. The only thing the Bible says God is, is God is love. Which is it easier to go in faith to? This all-powerful, all-creative being? Or a God that loves you? Which is it easier to go in faith to? See, what religion has done is he's all-powerful. And he is. But it doesn't say that. It says God is love. So when I go to God, I'm not going to him on the basis of his power. I'm going to him on his basis of his love. When I go to him on the basis of his love, then what wouldn't he give to one of his children? What would he withhold from those who love him? If I came in today and said, guess what? I have the ability to give everybody in here $1,000. I have right now the ability to give everybody in here $1,000. Anybody excited about that? Why? Because I have the ability. Does that mean you're going to get it? Because I have the ability. What if I said this? All right, 50 of you. I have, I'm going to give 50 of you $1,000. Now what do you start thinking? Boy, I hope I'm one of those 50. What do I have to do to be one of those 50? Pastor Jack, I'm back here, Pastor Jack. But you still don't have any faith in that because you don't know whether you're going to be one of the 50 or not. But if, if, say if. If I came in here this morning and said, I'm willing to give everybody in here $1,000. Can you have faith in that? Because I'm not just able, I'm willing. Religion points to a God that's able. Love points to a God that's willing. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. It's in his name. He's willing. What do you need this morning? He's not giving it to you because he has to. He's giving it to you because he loves you, because he is compassionate for you. He sees you where you are, and he wants to meet you where you are, and he wants to help you where you are. He's not waiting for you to make yourself better so then he can bless you. If we could have made ourselves better, we wouldn't have. We would have, correct? If I could have gotten off drugs by myself, I would have. I couldn't. I needed a savior. My birthday is Wednesday. I'll be 30 years old on Wednesday. 30. 30 years ago, I showed up at my parents' house on a Sunday night, 7 or 8 o'clock at night, higher than a kite. Had been partying all weekend, hadn't slept, almost killed somebody. And 30 years ago on Wednesday, my life changed. I died. God had compassion on my soul. All my friends are dead. All the people that I grew up with, all the people I ran with, my best friends, my girlfriends, my bosses, anybody that I was related to, they're all dead. They all died horrible deaths of drugs, of AIDS, of drug overdoses. That was, my, that was Satan's plan for me as an assignment against their ministry, that I was going to be the one that was going to die in sin. I'm not up here because I'm the best pigeon son. I was the worst pigeon son. I robbed them of the joy of being able to have teenagers in their house and enjoy them. Sorry for that. Because they had to constantly, they didn't know what I was going to do. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I see that now because I get to enjoy my children because I have good kids. I've enjoyed them at this age. I robbed them of that a few years ago. But the Lord has restored it because look at us now. We've been together for 30 years. Totally restored. If you would have known me 30 years ago, man, hide your wallet, your, your daughters, your keys, your stuff. I was not a good person, but God had compassion on my soul. He reached out. And in the midst, when I was at my worst, how do you know it's compassion? Because when I was at my worst, he went on the cross and died for me. Not when I was at my very best. When I was at my very, very worst, as far away from him as I could get, that's when Jesus got on that cross and said, it is finished. He had compassion on me, so how can I not show the same compassion for someone else? He's done so much for me. Amen? He's done so much for me. I like what F.F. Bosworth says, and uh, he's the author of the book, Christ the Healer. It's a fantastic book. He said, his Jesus' compassionate heart yearns to heal us more than we have the capacity to desire it. God wants you saved, healed, and delivered more than you do. He's desirous to show his compassion to you. But we let religion talk us out of it. Well, that all passed away. It's not for today. Well, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes God, you know, just needs to, to, to show, you know, show his glory through my sickness for my whole life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God said then and he says now, I am willing. I am willing to heal you today. I am willing. I am compassionate. Listen to me. Jesus, and I'm, this is a bold statement, Jesus' whole ministry was driven by compassion. You would never want to say Jesus was driven by anything, but he was. He was driven by this thing called compassion. There was nobody that came into the presence of Jesus whose life wasn't changed. There was nobody that came into his life that he didn't make better. How about us? Can we say the same thing? Are people better for knowing us? Are people better because you're in their life, because you're at that company, because you're on that bus, because you're in that line? Is, is that cashier at Walmart better because you came through their line today and you took 20 seconds and just said this, how are you? It's as if they'd been hit. How am I? No one's ever asked me that. How are you today? Not good. I'm working at Walmart. Sorry if you work at Walmart. Target, I don't know. Compassion. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing my heart this morning? That this is what, believe it or not, this is what Israel was supposed to be was not a religious group of people that turned inward. They were supposed to evangelize the whole world. That's why at the end times there's 144,000 who? Jewish evangelists, 12,000 from each tribe. Those 12 of Jesus, they were supposed to change the world like that. Well, now at the end times, you're gonna have 12,000 from each tribe. They're gonna go forth into this world and get people saved as part of the great tribulation. 
compassion, folks. Compassion. We have to have compassion. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I'm going to stop there. I feel like you got a lot of mini-sermons today. Amen? The great I am. What do you need this morning? I just can't get away from that. I feel compelled right now. What do you need this morning? What do you need? He's asking. God is standing before us this morning saying, what do you need? You don't have to jump through hoops. It's not about works. It's not about messing up. It's about just asking in faith, what do you need? He's a compassionate God. He's never changed. We don't ever like to end a service without giving you an opportunity. And can I just ask a quick question? I never do a follow-up when we ask, and I've been doing this for years now. How many people have never been baptized and would like to be? Baptized in water. One, two, I got a lot of kids back here. Three, four, okay. Your son, amen. Hallelujah, we're gonna do that on Palm Sunday because we're gonna do a baptismal the Sunday before Christmas, Easter, It'll be a little cold then. <laughs> but if you have never been water baptized, and I see a lot of children, which parents, that means your children need to know what this is. This is not a, uh, water baptism comes after I've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. That child had to have made a decision, a verifiable decision that they're gonna follow Christ. Does everybody understand that? This is not a sprinkling, this is not a dedication, this is water baptism. This is a big, big deal to us who are Christians. Amen? And so we'll have a sign-up for you. We'll get into March before we do that, but we'll give you an opportunity to sign up. It will be the Sunday on Palm Sunday before Easter, and uh, we'll give you instructions and directions and all that we're going to do. But um, I don't ever like to end the service without offering anybody in this room, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're watching online this morning and you're thinking, you know, Pastor, I've been a part of a church, I've gone to church my whole life, I've read the Bible, but I don't ever remember a time where I specifically did what the book of Romans said, where I said, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. And I would love that opportunity this morning if you bow your head and close your eyes. If you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is just repeat this after me and then just be ready to let your life be filled with all the goodness of God. Who wouldn't want that? So just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I want to know you. I invite you into my heart. I surrender to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Heal me of my diseases. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for your word and a hate for things that's evil. Deliver me from all addictions and plant me in the right church in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've never prayed that before, we would love to be a part of your discipleship. And, uh, you know, we all, everybody needs a church. Amen. Everybody needs a church. Everybody needs a pastor. And we need a place where we can come and we can be taught. I'm going to invite Brother Steve Williamson up real quick to give you uh, a closing announcement, and he'll, he will end the service also. If you're a first-time guest, I invite you to step out after the service. We'd love to shake your hand and say thank you for coming.